Welcome to Leading Lights. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Well, as you will have seen from the video, we are very excited to be starting what we're calling our Purpose Course. It's basically a set of four or five teachings that we are going to be doing in church on a Sunday, a little bit of a, a series in amongst our long series that we're doing on letting people see Jesus. We're actually so excited about this purpose course that we're not starting it next week. We're starting today. I'm just going to do a bit of an introduction this week to the purpose course. I want to talk today about living life on purpose. And I want to try and whet your appetite, if you will, for what's going to be coming next. We're super excited. Really feel like this is going to liberate a lot of people. It's going to set a lot of you running. It's going to give you some real focus. I wonder if you've ever found yourself asking the question, why am I here? You ever thought that to yourself? What is it all about? In those quiet moments when you've been reflecting on life and you just thought, is this it? Is there any significance in my life? Am I here for anything specific? What's it all about? Is it a coincidence that I'm here right now in this generation at this time? Ever wondered those big questions? If you did, you won't be the first or the last to ever think about those things. And I'm so glad that you have been thinking about them because they are the big questions of life, aren't they? We don't think about them all the time, but they're the foundational, you know, if we can get our heads around this, it really helps us to live our lives today with greater enthusiasm and greater direction, greater purpose. So I want to try and start to unpack that today. Many philosophers have thought about the reason for our existence, and I want to share some with you. There's a system called nihilism where people believe that life is without objective meaning. There is just no meaning to life. Some existentialists believe that actually we create our own meaning in an indifferent world. The world doesn't care, but we create our own meaning. Humanism says that meaning is just found in successive generations of unguided progressive evolution, and that people determine their own human purpose. That just life has started and is going on and unguided, and we just make it up as we go along. Postmodernists say that human nature is constructed by language, structures, and institutions of human society, as if to say that life is all about civic responsibility about the structures that we build, how we treat one another. If you begin to think about why we're here, you can see that a lot of these ideas have got common threads. Some of them are really wide-ranging. I mean, I've listed three or four there of ideas of people, that people have had of why we exist or why we're here. Plato said that we're simply here to attain the highest form of knowledge that we can. That was his understanding of the meaning of life. Aristotle said life is all about achieving happiness, well-being and flourishing. That's it. You know, the ends justifies the means kind of a thing. 
Other people talk about living for immediate gratification right now because delayed gratification is unpleasant happiness. I don't know where you come from or what you believe right now or what your journey of belief has been around this idea of why am I here? What is my purpose? Is there a purpose to me? I want to try and look at some of those questions today and of course I'm going to be speaking from a biblical perspective because we always hold up the word as the supreme authority of truth in our lives, don't we? Amen? When we get in the territory of saying, well, I only believe little bits of the Bible and I don't believe these little bits, then we run into serious confusion and doubt. And uh, we're not talking about believing the whole Bible simply because we have to and if we don't, we're bad Christians. We believe it because we believe it's truth. And so that's where I'm going to speak from today. There's a scripture in Acts 13 verse 36 which talks about David. I love it. It says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, was buried with his ancestors, and then it goes on to say that his body decayed. So he served God's purpose in his own generation And then he fell asleep. Don't you find that such an interesting verse? It says so much about where we're going today and through this course. What does it say for us? It says that God has a purpose. Amen. That there is purpose in life. It says that David served God's purpose in his generation. Ever wondered why you're in Jersey right now? Why you were born where you were born? Is it all just random silliness and potluck? Did you make all these decisions completely independently of yourself? Is God in there at all? This verse says a whole lot for us as we look at living our life on purpose. The Bible ascertains and declares that God is God, that He has purpose, that we fulfill His purpose. And when those purposes are fulfilled and this life is over, we move on. We go and join Him for eternity in heaven. I've just covered a whole lot of ground right there. And I just want to try and break it down a little bit this morning. Uh, Mark Twain said something really interesting. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you find out why. Okay? awesome. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born, because God's purpose for you has begun, and the day that you find out why you were born is the day that you run and fulfill your purpose. And so our plan throughout this next four or five weeks is not only to just tell you that there is a purpose for your life, but to try and help you discover your unique purpose in that plan. And I simply want to make two points today. It's not terribly deep, but it's going to set the stage. It's going to build a foundation for us to move on in the next few weeks. My two points are, number one, you were created. And my second point is, on purpose. You were created on purpose. The world wants to tell us through this whole idea of evolution, it's basically 
Creation versus chaos. And I just want to try and compare those a little bit for us this morning as we move forward. Psalm 139, David speaking, says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works, he goes on to say, are wonderful. Is there any room in there for this idea of evolution? The Bible doesn't teach that. It uses words like created, knit, made. Okay? I want to encourage you today that you are fashioned by God thoughtfully, lovingly, deliberately. You're not an accident. You did not arrive at this place out of chaos. And I want to talk about why that's important. Why is creation significant? Why is it significant that you and I created? Number one, it means that you and I belong. There's the creature, there's the creator. There's a link. Not just the creature, but he has a creator. She has a creator. That means the Bible tells us that we belong, that there's a relationship that takes place between us and God because he's the creator and we're the creature. If we believe in this idea of chaos, we're saying that ultimately we're alone in the universe, making the best of what we can. That there's no big scheme, that there's no author, there's just a story and we're mumbling our way through it. You and I were created and because of that, we belong. We're in a relationship with the Creator. All right. Point number two, very quickly. A created being or creature means that it is loved. You are covered in the fingerprints of God. When He created you, as I said earlier, He lovingly fashioned you after His own design for the purpose of having a relationship with you so that you are not alone. You are loved and you are covered in the fingerprints of God. Evolution, on the other hand, would say that you're simply a bag of chemical compounds. Wouldn't it? That happened by chance to come together to form life, to crawl out of a pond, and to be something today. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We are loved. We are fashioned. We are created. We are more than the, the, the compound of the chemicals that are held within our skin. The third thing that being created tells us is that we are significant, hey? that we have value. What is it that makes a, a famous painting valuable? Is it the collection of the oils and the canvas 
and the frame. What is it that causes people to spend countless millions of pounds to buy a picture? Is it simply all the pigment colors and the materials and the wood? Or is it the fact that it was put or created by someone significant? The value of any painting is not in adding up the materials that went into it, but in who put it together. The picture gains its value from the painter. And I want to say today that you and I are significant, not because of what we've got, not because of what we do, but because of who made us. Our value is derived from the fact that we are God's creature, that he formed us, that he is our father. That makes you significant, if nothing else. Amen. Evolution tells you that your life has no meaning, essentially. That if it's going to have any meaning, you have to inject that meaning into your life by stuff, by exploits, by this and that. And if you fail, then you have no meaning. Your meaning is ascertained by the opinions of those around you. That's what the, this whole idea of evolution teaches us. But creation tells us that significance is gained in the fact that we were formed by our Creator and our value is in Him. And so that's why we can value one another without knowing anything about each other. By just casting our eyes upon one another, we see the handiwork of God. Amen. Take that away and life is meaningless. Life is valuable if we say it's valuable. We can do what we like to one another. Do you see where it goes? It becomes a very slippery slope. And my last point that I want to just draw out in terms of this idea of created is that you and I are eternal. There's an eternal element to us. That we were fashioned by someone who does not live in, a, in, in a, an era of time. God is outside of time. When we die, this life ends, but the best part begins, in a sense. Yes, Evolution tells us, this is all there is, buddy. Live hard, play hard, because when it's over, it's over. And to heck with the consequences, because this life is all about making myself happy, making myself feel fulfilled. It's about finding my own meaning and living for me. That's what the world wants to, to establish by saying, there's no creator. We evolved because it wants to be free. It wants to be independent. It wants to indulge itself and do what it says is right and what it says is wrong. Can you see the big divide between this whole idea of created versus chaos? Chaos is ludicrous. So I want to just lift it right up there today. When we talk about your purpose, we're talking about the fact that our purpose is found through the Creator. That we will not find our purpose apart from the Creator. We will find something that is second best, that is hollow, that is lived in this life and evaporates. But the Bible teaches something else. Amen. You're not your own God. Can I just declare that today? Chaos teaches us that we have to become the captains of our own ship. 
that we have to take the helm of our boat and steer ourselves through life. You are not the captain of your ship. You're not your own God. If that's the case, you're in trouble, in big trouble. You're going somewhere that you don't want to go. Amen. So let's move on. Created on purpose. Over time, many of the things that we enjoy today were discovered by accident. Did you know that? Scientists working hard, discovering things by complete fluke. Penicillin. Alexander Fleming, yes, he was in his laboratory trying to discover certain things, but the story tells us that he took August off, he took a month off and left his lab to go and relax. And when he came back at the end of the month and he walked into the lab, he noticed that some of the cultures that he had left standing around had a fungus growing on them and the bacteria all around that fungus was dead. Obviously, he saw something in that and investigated it, and as a result, we have penicillin today. <coughs> Was it deliberate? No. Accidental. Thankfully, in many respects. Did you know that the microwave that you have in your kitchen found its origins by accident? There was a gent by the name of Percy Spencer who noticed that every time he walked in front of this thing called a magnetron, the chocolate in his pocket melted. How random is that? And he was like, why does my chocolate keep melting every time I walk in front of that thing? He investigated it, and as a result, we have the microwave today. How many of you have got a Teflon pan in your kitchen? Non-stick pan. Did you know that Roy Plunkett was looking for a way to find a home-friendly refrigerant for refrigerators. He was experimenting on different combinations of chemicals, and one day when he opened a container that supposedly had a gas in it, the gas was gone, and yet in the bottom of the container was left a slippery substance that was extremely um, resistant to heat, and other chemicals. And he began to think, oh, what can I do with that? And today we have Teflon pans because of Mr. Plunkett. <laughs> How many of you own something that has Velcro on it? Velcro. Did you know it was an electrical engineer who invented Velcro? Sounds a little bit outside of his field, don't you think? He took his dog for a walk and when he came home, he discovered that his dog was covered in all these little burrs. And he thought to himself, why the heck does that cling so hard to my dog's fur? And he got a microscope out, and he looked at those little burrs, and he noticed that they were all covered in little hooks. And he thought to himself, hmm, what can I do with that? And he started to experiment with all sorts of materials that had loops in them for the hooks to cling into, and he invented Velcro. Awesome, awesome invention, uh, inventions that we enjoy today, but completely by accident and then engineered 
And I want to say today that you were formed on purpose. You were not formed by accident. God was not in his laboratory trying to invent something else and suddenly there was some little bang and, oh look, look who's there. You didn't happen by accident. And most definitely, you didn't just happen by the, the sexual encounter of two people. God knew you before you were formed. There's a great verse. I want to read it to you in uh, Psalm 39, verse 16. David speaking again. He says, You saw my unformed body. All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God made you on purpose. We're going to go back a slide quickly if we can. What does the word purpose mean? The reason for which something exists. An intended or desired result. Determination. You know, when God went into fashioning you, He had a purpose. He was determined. There was a plan. I want to say today, no matter what you may have believed up until this point, there is a reason for you. You are packed with purpose and reason. You're not an accident. You're not the culmination of generations of chemical compounds wandering out of a pond. There is so much more to you than that. So why is this significant for us? Number one, there has always been a design for you. Maybe you feel like you've got a lock on what that intention is that God has for you. Maybe today you're discovering that for the first time and you're thinking, wow, there is so much more than this. There is so much more. Maybe you're discovering that today. I want to just say to you again, there was great intention and design behind your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. That's God speaking. I know the plans. There are plans. There is a plan. There is a purpose. There is a reason for you here, right now, in this time. And all we have to do is seek him. The Bible tells us he'll reveal them to us. The second thing that's significant about the fact that you're made on purpose is that there is a big picture. God has a plan. Do you know what his plan is? What is God's big picture plan? It's summarized in a verse. 1 Timothy 2 verses 3 to 4. It says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That is God's big picture plan. Very succinctly explained. We can elaborate on that a whole lot. But the whole point is that the creation that he has formed, he wants to be in relationship with that creation. It didn't work as he had wanted it to, but he's made a plan through Jesus for us all to be in relationship with him. That's God's big purpose. 
Your life fits within the framework of that purpose. And your life, the Bible says, finds meaning in seeing that purpose outlived. Amen. God's big picture plan is that there is a final destination beyond this life. This life is finite, but there's a big picture that we're building. There's a story of your life, not the one that One Direction sings about. There's a story that is being lived out in your life right now. Day after day, it's leading towards something. Together, our stories are moving towards a destination. The time when Jesus comes back and we with him forever in the beauty of his holiness. Hey? And God's plan is that as many people as possible get to that place. That's the big picture for us. And the last point that I want to make under the fact that we're made on purpose. Please hear me today. You add value to that big picture. You add value to that big picture. When you stand up and put your hand up and say, count me in. When you fix your eyes on the purpose that God has for you. When you deliberately live your life on His purposes. You add tremendous value to this big picture. You come with the innate, inbuilt value of being the creature of God, but you propagate the fulfillment of this story. You fill heaven with countless souls when you live your life focused on the purposes of God for you. It will happen. Every single one of you, if you live your life to see God's purposes fulfilled, there will be people in heaven because of you. That's God's plan. How that outworks in the workplace, in your families, at your schools, in the the shopping centers, that is another story. That's the minutia. That's the detail of this big story. But you and I are built, are created on purpose to add value to this big picture Timothy writes in the book of 1 Timothy, and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. He's talking about the big picture of God. This is where I fit, he says. 1 Corinthians, Paul says, listen to me, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. One is planting, one is watering, but there's a big picture. There's one purpose that we all live for in the earth. There's great purpose in you. There's great value in you. There's so much in you to fulfill in this time. God wants to do tremendous, tremendous things. He is doing it. But as we truly get on board, as we truly dig deep into finding his purpose for us, he releases us. We find freedom. We don't find freedom apart from God. 
we find freedom in him. Amen. Acts chapter 5, my last verse this morning. It says, therefore, in the present case I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. That's an incident in the early church when Paul and some other guys had been captured and they'd been hauled before the powers that be and they'd understood something very significant. That if these men had just been living out something of human origin, it will die. But if it is God's purpose being outworked, nothing will stop it. And you and I today are the fruit of that endeavor. Amen. Generations, hundreds, thousands of years later, this kingdom cannot be stopped. And so I want to declare to you today that if you get into the purposes of God for your life, nothing will stop you from seeing your potential realized. If you get on board with what God wants to do with your life, you won't fail. You will be significant, truly significant for the Lord. You will leave a mark in the earth that will be eternal. But at the end of the day, we get to choose whether we want to live apart from that purpose, whether we want to live something that is secondary, or whether we want to live the primary plan of God for our lives. I hope that like me, you want to see God's purposes completely worked out in your life. You want to feel like this is the best thing ever. That this is what I was made for. When I'm on my deathbed, I don't want to be a sore little cartoon today while I was preparing this week of an old guy in bed with a heart monitor online and he goes, oh, I've just discovered what my purpose is. I don't want to get to that point at the end of my life. At the end of my life, I want to know that I've lived it and that when I've served God's purpose in my generation, like David, I will fall asleep. Is that you? Amen. I want to encourage you, these few weeks coming are going to be great. They're going to be really practical. You're not just going to come and hear a sermon. You're going to have to process it. You're going to have to work some stuff out. And it's going to build through. So don't miss the next four weeks. Because there's going to be a lot that's going to help you to discover why you're here and what you have to contribute. Amen. Shall we, uh, shall we worship? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have created us, Lord. That today we are the pride of your possession, Lord God. You, you know the hairs on our head, Lord God. You know the cells in our body. You can see day one all the way to the last day of our lives, God. You can see the detail of our lives because you've worked it all out, Lord. There's a big plan that you are working out in our lives, in this place, in this church. 
And so, God, I pray that you would release us, Lord, in all the good purposes, the plans to prosper us, God, the plans to see your kingdom advance, Lord. We declare that every single one of them will be our future, Lord God, and our inheritance as we wholeheartedly chase after you, Lord. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to leadinglightsnetwork.com.